so we can, you know, do data reduction and then encrypt. Right. Well, that is the proper order, right, Brian? <laughs> to do, do the data reduction first. It works better for us. It. We, we try uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does work a little bit better when you when you dedupe first and then encrypt. You could restore it Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All. This is your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. We have a special guest today, but before we get to him, uh, I'm going to say hi to Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going, Hey, Prasana? Curtis. What's going on? Uh, well, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Other than, you know, beautiful weather down here in Southern California. And it looks um, like you finally binge watched and caught up on Westworld season two. I, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but apparently I'm the only one, but before we uh, get to that, uh, first of all, I'll just throw out a disclaimer. Prasanna and I do both work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast and the opinions that you hear are our own. And there is, um, th- th- this is, th- this is a, a really, this is a first for us. I, I think on on the Restored All podcast because we have with us a special guest that is is from a company that, depending on how things go, we might actually run into the same customer and we might even you know compete for the same dollars. I don't know; it just depends on how uh, things go. But um, the person that we have has been in the data protection space for a really long time. I first ran into him over at Data Domain. Uh, and then, of course, I ended up running into him at EMC. And now he is one of the founders of Datrium. Welcome to the podcast, Brian Biles. Hey, guys. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Good. Great to be here. So here's a question. Uh, Persona, have you ever... I, I know, obviously, I've met Brian quite a bit. Have you ever met Brian? So when I interviewed at EMC, Brian was actually on my panel of interviewers. I don't think if I don't know if you remember me, Brian, Indian guy, long hair, probably had a scruffy beard back then. You know, uh, it's possible I was dialing it in at that point, phoning it in. I'm I'm not sure. Oh, uh, there there. Uh, you know, EMC bought Data Domain. It was a uh, a really interesting way that the company then took it on and succeeded with it, but. It became uh, less interesting to a startup guy, so <laughs> I I hope I treated you well. No, it was good. You at least I got the job. I got the job, right? So oh, you got excellent. the job. Yeah. So you ended up working with Stephen, right? Yeah, I was uh, actually uh, working with Hugo and Stephen Manley. Oh, okay, at great. EMC for a while. So, and great, Hugo yeah. is also at Daytrim. He is. He is. Right. And uh, Stephen left EMC and he went somewhere. I forgot. He went to a startup, and now he's currently at Druva as well. Well, that's right. That's, I did see that. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah I love he's, him. He's hilarious. Have you had him on the podcast? Oh, yes. We've had him. I think we had once. I, did we have him again? Persona? I can't remember. I think we had him twice. I think one was the mystery guest one, and then once Oh, that's right. We had him on as a mystery guest when he had joined, but we hadn't announced. So we had we actually, we actually like masked his voice and stuff. Just, oh, to, nice. just to have a, just to have a little fun, but yeah, and then yeah. we've had him on. Yeah, he's a great app. Yeah, it, the problem is, uh, you know, I don't get to talk enough when he's on, uh, and it's really <laughs> it's really all about me. 
But um, yeah, Prasanna alluded to this thing. I, 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 so I did just, and, and I want to recommend, I want to shout out to anyone. If you know, if you, if, if, if you have, um, I don't know, roughly 20 hours with nothing to do, you can binge watch seasons one and two of Westworld. I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting show and it's, um, you know, from a, you know, futuristic thing. It basically takes that, that movie. When was that? Um, Brian, was it, it was the seventies starring uh, yeah. Ewell Brenner, right? Ewell Brenner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and so they took that, he's the man in black character and they, they took that sort of as a nugget of a character and that, cre- that becomes a much deeper character. And in the, in Westworld, um, the show, that character is a human played by Ed Harris, um, who, who's not a very nice person in, in the show. Um, but this, the, the same basic concept is, you know, Android robots, um, eventually gone amok, right. Uh, AI, you know, um, and, you know, becoming self-aware and then, you know, bad things happen, but more importantly in season two, uh, they go after the data and, um, so as far as spoiler alert, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, season two is really all about, um, backup and recovery and disaster recovery and spoiler alert in the future, the three, two, one rule. One of my favorite things to talk about on this podcast still applies. So, um, so let's, uh, but let speaking of data, let's talk about, so what, when you, how, how long ago did you start Datrium, Brian? Uh, we started knocking ideas around at the end of 2012 and got funding and started hiring in 2013. Because I, I remember when I remember talking to you when I was on the you know the independent side. I remember talking to you about Datrium in the early days, and then uh, and and you had you had and have a truly unique architecture there, and um, but then you uh, you started talking more about basically an HCI offering. So what were you what were you what problem were you trying to solve in the beginning that you started with uh, so it's a uh, you know at the core of we have a couple of different offerings we have an on-prem uh, deployment version that's sort of a disaggregated HCI uh, we also have an on cloud version that's a DR as a service uh, both have the same underlying file system technology and that the the file system technology is uh, sort of two levels of scale out there's a a part that's on a blob store that does, you know, dedupe and compression and uh, cost-efficient uh, storage into something that's like bad disks, uh, like S3. And on the top, there's a host, you know, instance-based uh, uh, sort of file system structures that use local instance flash. So on, on-prem, there's hardware enclosures you can buy. That, that go along with that for both the blob store and just VMware hosts. It runs as software uh, doing all the work on the host uh, with a little bit of flash in the host. And on cloud, we use uh, EC2 uh, with instance flash and S3 for persistent storage. And it, it scales out in both ways. So as you, as you grow the deployment, uh, performance scales independently of capacity. Which is actually one of the big problems with traditional HCI approaches, correct? Right, right. So, you know, kind of any dimension you pick, 
on-prem as a, a type of HCI, it can outperform. It's, it's better for HA characteristics because the hosts are stateless. It's better for performance because you get uh, much more flash locality. It's better for scaling because, you know, with all the HA characteristics, you don't care uh, about having uh, very, you know, sort of big pods. Uh, and it, as part of the architecture, other emergent properties came in, like uh, we can have end-to-end uh, encryption across, sort of blanketed across all of the infrastructure because we do it, you know, when the uh, the, the host receives, you know, the first point of being in the data path. So in terms of competition, then I guess people would consider Datrium when looking at things like Nutanix or VxRail from Dell. Is that kind of the suite for what you're looking at? Well, it's again, we have two products. We have uh, an on-prem disaggregated HCI, which uh, IDC is starting to call it a DHCI type product. Um, and on cloud, we have a DR as a service offering using the same file system, but uh, coupled closely to VMware cloud. Um, more and more, we're leading with that. Um, so you can you can get a, a well, I can get into the detail, you can have sort of a better RPO by using our uh, DHCI system on-prem, but uh, DR to the cloud, especially with VMware cloud, is uh, a, a very new kind of thing, and we have a great offering for it. So we tend to be uh, uh, leading with that a lot. So I, I think I got all of that. And um, when you when you talk, so you talk about the on-prem solution. When you do that, are you using VMware as the um, hypervisor there, or something else? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're not. Uh, you know, we're still. Uh, conscious of VMware's uh, scope in the market, so we're not Agreed. trying to do our own right. hypervisor. Right, that, got it. That feels wrong. All right, so that yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm with you. Um, certainly, there is at least one competitor who disagrees with you, but you're yeah, not them. It, God bless, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so there is, but then so the the DRS offering in the cloud uh, is there also? I, I don't know how to. Is there also a virtualization offering in the cloud, or is it is that a different thing? No, in the cloud we partner closely with VMware Cloud. So okay. the way right. the way that side of it works, uh, we have a an orchestrator uh, that, that does runbook orchestration uh, that runs as SaaS uh, that runs in Amazon, but it has uh, a lot of extensions into VMware Cloud, so it can bring up an SDVC on demand. It can add hosts. It can you know, uh, deal with networking, all, all the normal kind of stuff, but for VMware Cloud. Okay. Uh, Which is actually a very complicated, like, it's great to see you guys are orchestrating that because I think those are the steps that are easy to get wrong. And I'm sure if someone is manually trying to set these up, they encounter pitfalls, right? As it turns out, it is pretty complicated. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we operate it as a service. We're a complete, you know, service provider for this. So you buy, you know, VMware Cloud instances as required for DR or testing through us. Um, we orchestrate everything. Uh, we pr- provide the billing for, you know, VMware Cloud and Amazon, uh, and, and everything you, is a turnkey operation. And do you do this for just your um, uh, DHCI customers or for just regular VMware customers? Um, we've been doing it for our own customers. We announced in. Uh, last quarter, I forget the month, um, an extension that'll be coming out uh, at the end of this quarter that 
uh, enables us, it's a sort of downloadable VM that'll enable us to back up anybody's vSphere, whatever the infrastructure is. Okay. And do you have, uh, I'll just ask this one question. Do you have, well, I'm not even going to ask. I was going to ask a futures question, then I realized it's a futures question. So, uh, Prasanna, go ahead. I was just going to ask. I think, Brian, when I had looked at, I know that you guys had done a presentation at Tech Field Day. I think that you also offered different approaches uh, for that DRAS solution, correct? The customer can have Datrium deal with all the VMware on cloud or VMware cloud on AWS accounts and everything else, or they can also use their own VMC account as well, correct? No, they can use their own uh, Amazon account for the Amazon resources. But in order to, uh, we're, we're working with VMware pretty tightly on some sort of emerging uh, technology. Uh, and they felt more comfortable for now for having it by having us uh, be the service provider for everything on their side. Gotcha. Which so, is great because then it's just a one bill <laughs> that a customer pays and they just have to work with Datrium and you guys manage everything. That's right. Um, so what's what's novel about uh, kind of the back end part of that? You know, it's great. Uh, we do do a great uh, job on making VMware Cloud easy. Uh, but what's al- also important is uh, the, because of the way the file system works, uh, when when you know time comes to do a test and you you know you we can do everything on demand we can instantiate hosts we can instantiate you know a cluster uh, to begin with or you could use uh, sort of pilot light systems and make the RTO a little faster on bringing that stuff up but at the point where you want to actually restart a VM uh, from the VMware cloud host uh, you can reach across to our storage in Amazon and boot uh, a snapshot image directly instead of having to sort of preload data images into a different primary store. And it's almost like instant access, correct? Where you're just reading right. the data directly from S3 on the back end and presenting it out into the uh, VMC host. Yeah, it's a live mount idea. So right. in, in so the spirit it, that you've seen on-prem with a rubric or Cohesity, maybe in a very limited scale, we can do this at scale for DR with VMware Cloud. And is that because of the architecture that you are, had already built on-prem? Yes. That same sort of idea of the, the flash yeah, it's front a, end? Yeah, it's exactly the, the same. Okay. So, so right. we, we use you know instance flash on Amazon instead of host SSDs on-prem, but it's the same idea. Gotcha. Um, and so one question that I had when I, 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 you know, when I saw the, the offering, I was, you know, I, I, I was very impressed. The, the, the concern I had when I saw it was that VMC is, has historically not been very, they're not set up like Amazon where I could just spin up a, a VM, you know, or five VMs and spin it up for an hour and then pay only for that hour. At least that's not been my impression so how do how do you oh, no, handle you that issue? You okay? So tell me you about. Yeah, they have a, they have an on demand um, thing. It's it's by hosts rather than by uh, sort of uh, instances. Okay, but in a DR setting, that's that's fine granularity. Okay, so you can't you can do that, and you automate that process. Correct. So a lot of our early customers, in fact, you know, some people look at DR as kind of you know insurance, and they're looking for something adequate at the at a low price uh part of how to optimize for that is to do everything on demand mm-hmm. right so we you know we have a very low cost of storage for getting ready in s3 uh with dedupe and compression and so on and then 
uh, all of the compute can be fully on demand. So it, that uh, there's some uh, variables there. You, if you want uh, lower RPO for, or sorry, RTO for the whole runbook, then you'll want to have some of those hosts running all the time because you can save a couple of minutes in restart. Mm-hmm. But uh, to start the cluster, but if you want it lowest cost, then everything can be on demand, and that can be yeah a couple hours here and there. And then you also provide the ability to allow a customer to do like testing of their DR just so they know that things will work when they actually have to mash that big red button. Correct. Uh, so I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not an expert on on Druva products, so I, I don't know how to compare. But we have uh, a, a virtue of having a focus just on VMware is uh, there's no sort of conversion between infrastructures or learning about uh, clouds other than, you know, operating vCenters. So uh, we can also uh, be confident that all of the resources we need to understand on either side, on-prem or in cloud, or even AZ to AZ uh, failover VMware cloud, uh, we understand completely all the resource issues involved in everything from networking to uh, how things are registered in the console to, you know, it's a long list. <laughs> uh, and, and as a result, we can do uh, uh, not only, you know, simpler uh, resource detection checks, uh, but we can do them constantly. So we, we have, uh, you know, every half an hour, we do a complete resource check, even when you're not asking us to, uh, to make sure that all of the facilities are in place in both the sort of DR cloud and uh, all, you know, everywhere in between uh, to make sure that if you decide to go do a test, you, you'll know how far off you are. And, you know, we'll, we'll just have a, a running green check to say it's okay. Yeah. And I think that's Curtis, you and I have talked about this in this pa- in the past, right? It's people don't always know that their DR is going to be successful until they've, they actually smash that big red button. And so yeah. I think having capabilities like this is great for end users because it gives them confidence in the product and the fact that it will work when it needs to actually be. Yeah, yeah I, I think that the sort of regular and automated DR testing and booting up your you know, VMs, I mean, I, is, is like literally the single best thing that's happened to data protection at least since I've been in, right? I remember the the, the first time, I, it might not be the first time that it happened, but the first time I remember seeing it was from Veeam many years ago when they first sort of started talking about this concept of instant boot and that you could yeah. create these, you could create these, um, you know, recovery groups and that they could boot up X number of VMs within a certain, you know, time frame, And you could just do that and do it in a, in a um, sandbox. What's that? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Sandbox area where you could boot up. And I remember thinking, this is amazing, right? So this is the same kind of thing as where you, if you automate the, 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 the DR and you're able to easily, you know, very regularly do a DR test, I think that's just, at this point, I think in this point in technology, if you can't do that with your backups, I think you should be looking at another uh, provider. Right, that there are there are enough companies Absolutely. that are doing these kinds of things um, that uh, you you should be looking at one of the because if you have dr well if you have dr requirements was the phrase I was about to say everybody has dr requirements but if if you have stringent enough dr requirements that a quick recovery uh, is you know 
is important, then I, I just, I don't see any other way to do it uh, at an affordable way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I'm right. sure you're going to, you're going to agree there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it goes into the uh, kind of the nature of the orchestration tools as well. So if, if uh, most, most people are maybe most familiar with SRM in the VMware world, uh, has a notion of a test bubble right. to, to run, you know, tests in a sort of networking safe way. Uh, we incorporate that kind of philosophy as well into orchestration. Right. And yeah, you know, you alluded to uh, Druva a little bit. I mean, we, we, we do something similar, but we do it into, into EC2. And so, yes, we do have to deal with that. Uh, our customers don't have to, but we, we have to deal with that. We, we don't like to use the conversion word because that's what everybody else does. And, but, but we do have to deal with the issues, the fact that we're recovering a VMware environment into an EC2 environment, right? <laughs> what word should I use? Well, so, well, no, it, I so be, what it is, I, I want to be so, friendly. I, again, I try not to, I, I try this, I try not to have this be a Druva podcast, but since, you, you know, uh, your honor, he opened up the questioning. Um, <laughs> so what everybody else does and what we used to do is you, you, you run the VM through the AWS import process, which is, um, oh, sure. right. Right, which which takes a finite amount of time based on the size of the VM, right? So what we figured out how to do, which I am unaware of anyone else doing, is we figured out how to basically surgically alter that VM in such a way that we can boot it in EC2 without having to run the entire VM through the process. So our our conversion, which we don't like to use the term because that's the implies running it through the AWS import process. So, we, okay, uh, but, but we don't have a good term for it and we can do it in, <laughs> we can do it in 15 to 20 minutes, regardless of the size of the VM, right. For an RTO. Right. Okay. So, yeah, um, I, I guess we, we actually, I, I mean, I, I didn't mean to make that a big topic. The, the thing that, uh, I guess we've sort of focused on, uh, just because of our VMware focus is, um, optimizing for people who want to have the same operating experience. Oh, I get you know, it in that situation. So yeah, if, I totally if you use it. vCenter on one end and then you fail over, you're still using vCenter. Yeah. It was actually no, I, one yeah. of the, so I was at VMworld last year and that was actually one of my big aha moments when I was listening to Pat Gelsinger's keynote and he was talking about VMware Cloud and how they're expanding it and then talking about the what you just mentioned, sort of the same experience regardless of where it's running. And then that's when it first struck me. I'm like, oh no, that is actually one of the biggest value props and one of the biggest challenges with trying to adopt cloud or one of these other infrastructure needs is yeah, there's a everything, lot to know. your skill sets completely change. Right. Yeah. So in, in demos, we'll have, you know, uh, two screens on a, on a, a, a demo screen that, you know, one, one you're, you're on prem and one, the cloud version, Literally, the only thing that's different between the vCenter consoles is, in one case, they use a green logo; the other case, a blue logo. <laughs> it's, it's literally everything else is identical. Interesting, and that's yeah. you know, in a case of of DR, we decided to jump really hard into that notion when we first heard about it and and build this whole system because, uh, it, you know, in a if you have a data center outage, it's not really the right time to start a learning curve. <laughs> Yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So we think it's a really great premise and we're, you know, just applying the whole company to making it great. So let me ask you a couple of questions. So be, because I don't, you know, I don't know the details of the architecture. 
I, I'm I, well. I'm not going to assume, but the, the the question the questions that I have is around um, the data security aspects, right? Uh, you know, one of the things that we try to you know talk about is the fact that we don't ever have access to your data, right? That your data is whenever we have it is always encrypted. So how how does that sort of translate? I'm sure you've got similar answers, but I'm yeah, based very, on your architecture, very it's very different. Very similar as a you know as a um, as as the service provider, you know, for as the place that does your SLAs and billing, um, we also have to take accountability for all of the kind of cloud uh, service provider accountability conformance issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything's encrypted, so uh, you know the data is safe. How, how would you respond to someone that says? That, that doesn't like, because I'm sure you've had a customer who says, well, I don't want you connected to my VMC account, or do they ever get concerned about that connection? So far, no. Um, okay. What uh, we've had occasional, you know, very large customers who uh, would like to control their Amazon account because they get, they think they get better uh, discounts than we might. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of the main thing but or, or a, you know, some, somebody who has, you know, a, a very elaborate, uh, you know, maybe security process around their Amazon, uh, uh, networking. But you're able to give them good answers around things like you not being able to see the data and things like that. Yeah. And, and in the case where I mean, we offer, uh, the Amazon side with a sort of bring your own credentials, uh, KMS. Offer. uh j- well, just that, you know, at, uh, they can buy, uh, they can pay for their Amazon parts ah. and, and just, you know, independently and manage them independently. And we can just run software uh, gotcha. with their credentials. I know, Brian, you mentioned earlier on that because you are running all the way from the source, from the first spot that the VM touches data, that you can do end-to-end encryption, though, correct? Yeah. In the case, so, uh, you know, we receive data in two different ways. In the case where... Uh, we're the DHCI system on-prem, then we're in the data path. Uh, we can encrypt, you know, as a handoff from ESX, uh, talking to the interface that we use on the host, which is a, uh, you know, internal NFS uh, handoff. Um, and, and then it's encrypted, you know, uh, in use, uh, in flight, at rest, wherever it goes. <clears throat> we're about to do uh, a different version where we get, uh, you know, we do a, a downloaded, uh, you know, VM to uh, vSphere that's not running our primary storage. Um, that uses VADP to get the data and, you know, change block tracking. Gotcha. Different, when, uh, when, different internal mechanism. But, at, you know, at the, point of, uh, at the point where we get it, from then on, we can make it encrypted. And because we do the, the, uh, both the dedupe and the encryption, we can do them in the right order. So we can, you know do data reduction and then encrypt. Right. Well, that is the proper order, right, Brian? <laughs> do, do the data reduction first. It works better for us. It. We, we uh, yeah. Both ways. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does work a little bit better when you, when you dedupe first and then encrypt. You, you focused primarily with the, the recovery side. It seems like you focused primarily on DR. Do you yeah. also have sort of the file level recovery aspect or application level recovery, or is it just the, the DR aspect? Uh, we have, uh, you know, our own VSS agent, so we can 
you know, do that level of stuff. And we have guest file restore. We can, uh, you know, uh, do a, do a recovery of an individual or a couple of files and live mount them as an ISO into a running VM. Okay. Uh, indexing. It's, it's a, I wouldn't say we're leading, uh, our PR as a backup system. And we kind of think DR should just be a thing you get with either DRAS or, uh, DHCI. Um, so we're not, we're not trying to position ourselves as the next backup vendor. No. Yeah. Well, but, I, I, I would think I would liken it if you're leading with DR and sort of have the other stuff coming alongside it, it it's similar to Zerto. Would that be? Like no. Zerto, well, Zerto was DR only, and now they're trying to add backup and recovery. Yeah. The difference is our, our recoveries are from snapshots that can be, you know, retained for as long as you want and they're efficiently stored. And they're snapshots in a uh, uh, a way that is sort of in this, you know, maybe NetApp traditional style that, you know, you, you have a, a point of demarcation uh, that, that resolves the, the complete uh, identity of that snapshot and uh, you can manage it as a, as a point in time. We don't expect it, uh, you know, in this, in that mechanism, it's not like uh, the Zerto's, you know, chain, uh, uh, right log. Uh, gotcha. Well, I, I yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was really, when I was comparing you to Zerto, I was really just sort of saying that you're leading with DR and adding on backup as a part rather than. But I would opposite. say it's even yeah, beyond but, that though, but right? it's a, it's because it really is primary first, right. And making that easy and then DR, right. Our position is that you need, uh, primary access to backup data to do, uh, you know, fast restart of a data center. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, you know, in, in kind of old school backups, you would have to uh, rehydrate the data into primary storage first, you know, pick your point in time and then restart. And we're way better than that because you can, you, you can do live mount of the backup image. So in the spirit that it's um, DR first, it, yeah, but it's based on, any level and any point in time of backup. Right. So, so there, there are backup points in time that uh, can be quite old. They're stored very efficiently. If your ransomware situation is such that you need to go back a month, it's fine for you. And speaking of which, what, uh, what's your, the frequency at which you can create a snapshot? In the case of the on-prem DHCI system, it's about every five minutes. Okay. In the case of the VADP situation, you know, just because of customer sensitivity to VM stuns, it can be longer. Uh, VM, so, VM, you know, stuns. Funny, VM stuns. I like that term. Um, well, yeah. So, you know, we're, uh, we're, uh, there are a couple of, at some point we'll have to cover the waterfront with other techniques and we may end up, you know, dealing with some right log thing and getting very low RPOs, but uh, right now, that's the. Well, I mean, uh, you you know that I mean, yeah, there are there are companies that want an RPO of zero, but there are comp. I mean, the the world, uh, I'd say that ninety nine percent of the world is fine. Like, if you can get anywhere near an hour, I would say that most of the world is probably fine with that. That's I mean, what because we they're see. not. Yeah, they're nowhere near that with most anything else they're using. So they're, yeah. they're like, well, I can have something in less than. 46 hours? Yes, I would love that, you know? <laughs> well, and when you get into the recovery discussion about actually, you know, bringing up a whole data center, I mean, most people don't really have a good angle. 
at all. No. So, no. so you know, this is just so different. Yeah, and I, my, what I've been harping a lot on DR and doing DR this kind of way a lot lately, mainly because of ransomware. Yeah. Right? I, I look at these, at the, it's like, you can know, you know, you and I have been around long enough, Brian, that we remember that 90% of the world was, we have a bunch of tapes that we sent to, Am- or to, uh, not to Amazon, to uh, Iron, Iron Mountain. Mountain. And, and we, and we hope to God, we never actually have to read them. Right. Yes. That, and that, and unfortunately that's still a significant portion of the world. And my point is that just doesn't work anymore. That works if you live in an area that it's worked just, historically. If you live somewhere where you could be pretty sure you're probably not going to have a terrorist or a or a natural disaster, but now anybody, any company can be attacked by ransomware at any time. It's just sad. It is. Uh, it's yeah. The the options are so much easier and better. It's it's unfortunate if people aren't seeing it. Yeah. So it's, we're it's, we're doing our best yeah. to evangelize. Because I'm sure you can agree with me that please stop paying the ransom, right? Um, yeah. Because the more you pay the ransom, the worse this is going to get. We uh, did a poll uh, maybe six months ago. We did a poll of 500 IT people. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, you know, I've seen, you've seen uh, historical charts about, uh, you know, odds of different kinds of data center outage and then by industry, what it costs per hour of downtime right, and this kind of right. thing. Um, two years ago, I never, I mean, th- those charts really weren't mentioning ransomware or cybercrime as a particular, it was on there. Right. Now, uh, the, the, the one we did six months ago, it was the number one reason for actual downtime really? for a data center. I can believe that. Number one. And we're, I mean, we're hitting this all the time. And because we're, you know, uh, standing up as a, a one great way to do fast recovery from it, uh, we're getting pulled into people who have just been attacked and dealing with, you know, oh, really? the FBI saying unplug everything. Really, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, unfortunate thing. But you know, better tools uh, couldn't be uh, available soon enough. Yeah, and and so so I'm just you know I'm just preaching from the rooftops of like people if you <laughs> haven't been attacked yet please go talk to vendors that have this ability to easily and affordably, you know, bring your world back up in the cloud. Because, I, I, you know, even before I went to work for Druva, I've always felt that cloud-based ER was the new way to do things, right? I mean, why have a, you know, a traditional hot site or warm site? Why pay for equipment that you almost never use? The cloud is the perfect place to do DR. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's on yeah. demand. Yeah, and 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 pay for it when you test it and when you need it, and that and and the rest of the time you pay next to nothing, right? Right. Um, by the way, I I did I did have one question. So when you have the on-prem, so so well, it's two questions. So when you have the on-prem solution, if you're going to do the DRAS part, how do you get the data from your uh, on-prem piece to S3? We replicate to a, a similar set of software that's running on EC2. Okay, so you you basically um, you've got a system up there that you can replicate and store the data in S3. Yeah, it's the same software that we run on prem. So it's mm-hmm. it, we just ported it to Amazon. 
Okay. So we've, then, we've had replication on-prem for a long time and so on. Okay. And then, the, and then how does that change with, wh- where, is, where are the backups stored with the, the new offering if a customer is going to do just regular VMware? Uh, we replicate the change blocks to our Amazon-based uh, instance, and it sort of uh, stores them in what looks like a regular VM snapshot on S3. Gotcha. Using, what, you know, so it, uh, and then when when the uh, uh, you know DR test or or uh, failover event comes, we start up uh, the VMware cloud, and those hosts mount the uh, Amazon storage uh, using NFS. All right. We've covered a lot here, Brian. Is there anything, you know, that we didn't cover, like things that customers typically ask you that you really want to get across? Uh, no. All right. So we are just really good at interviewing <laughs> is, what, is what I'm hearing. We're just, yeah. We're, that's what, that's uh, what no, I'm I mean, I, thanks for all the questions. I, I, I didn't know it was going to get into as much as what we, of what we did. So thanks. And, and did you find this to be a, a friendly, you know, experience? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I wouldn't mind if you wanted to do more sort of compares to how you guys do it and yeah. and yeah, uh, it, yeah, be, just chew on it. That's that's yeah. fine, too. Because you, you, you have to admit, this is a unique situation, right? Where <laughs> essentially you, because I, I want to have other companies on, right? And yeah. and I had a, I have a relationship with you. I, I, I don't have as good of a relationship with some of the other people because I just, I just don't know them. Right. So it's like, hi, vendor X, who we can, we directly compete with. Would you like to come on my podcast? And it's like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, so there you go. It's great to be talking to you about this stuff. I really think we're, you know, both where you guys work and where I work are, uh, really about to change how, um, dynamic and cost-effective, you know, large-scale data center recovery can be, and even, even cloud to cloud. Agreed. And it's a super exciting time. And I, you know, there, there's plenty of room for lots of innovation and you guys are, you know, exploring areas that we haven't gotten to yet. And maybe we are versus what you're doing, but it's, uh, it's all good. And I think that, you know, there are, there are a lot of, there are a lot of messed up backup systems to go around. Yeah. Oh my and god. I, and I think it's also one of those things where it's let's look at new technologies that the cloud enables to figure out how to solve problems in a different way, which I think yeah. is some of the things that you guys are doing that we've been trying we've been doing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I you're it, I, again, I don't know your stuff too well, but it seems like you're doing really interesting stuff sort of directly about Amazon. Yeah, we and do. I mean, our stuff yeah, where where you have focused on VMC, we have focused on all things Amazon. We we do VMC. We were actually the first uh, SaaS provider to to do VMC as a protection uh, mechanism, like to protect VMC itself to back it up. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, the and we were we were on the the very short list of the first people to support outposts um, to to you to use outposts in a in a supported way. Um, and um, so that, so we yeah we definitely have a, a tight relationship, and we're one of the largest users of S3, um, you know, in the world, which is, you know, it's an interesting place. We store a, a crap ton of data on, on that S3. That is a technical term, by the that way. Is a technical term, a cubic crap ton. <laughs> um, yeah. That's metric, so, right? 
Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. If people want to look at your website. It's datrium.com, which is D-A-T-R-I-U-M.com. Any Correct. other sites or things you want to point them to? No, uh, to start there. Okay. That would be great. Sounds good. All right. Well, and, thanks uh, so much. Yeah, for, thanks for the opportunity. Thank yeah. you, Brian. And uh, I want to thank the listeners and uh, make sure that you subscribe so that you can restore it all. System isn't worth a spade. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spade. It'll be completely done Maybe 